Welcome to Enjoying the Journey with Evangelist Scott Pauling. Today, we are on a journey through Scripture. We hope you'll join us as we make 66 stops through each book of the Word of God. Don't you thank God for family? I praise the Lord today for the family that God chose for me, the family He put me in. I love them more with every passing day. But I'm learning something. I'm learning that my decisions affect them. You see, no man lives to himself, no man dies to himself, and the decisions you make affect more than just you. That's the great message that we discover as we journey into 1 Kings. Now, we've been in the first double book of the Old Testament, known as 1st and 2nd Samuel. Now we move into the next one, 1st and 2nd Kings. 1st and 2nd Samuel gives us the beginning of the monarchy in Israel. We have the record of the first two kings. We've studied their life, King Saul and King David. When you come to 1st Kings, you move into the reign of the third king of Israel, David's son, a famous king, known as Solomon. You know him as the wisest man who ever lived, and yet perhaps one of the most foolish men who ever lived. You see, wisdom very easily turns to folly. Wisdom may be held, but if it's not obeyed, oh, it brings such devastating results. And that is the record that you find in the book of 1 Kings. Now, one of the key verses of the book is 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 12. It's very brief. It just simply says, Then sat Solomon upon the throne of David his father, and his kingdom was established greatly. I am thinking now of the contrast with a key verse of the last book. Do you remember David perceived that the Lord had made him king? David perceived that the Lord had exalted his kingdom for the sake of Israel. But when you read about Solomon's reign, there's no word of that. For such a wise man, it seems that Solomon was content to sit on the throne and to have his kingdom established greatly, but is it possible that he forgot who put him on that throne? You see, Solomon, though he had great wisdom, made some very foolish decisions. That's why when you approach the book of 1 Kings, you really have the story of two nations. Oh, it's, it's the same kingdom, but it becomes divided. As a matter of fact, in chapters 1 through 11, you have a united kingdom. Solomon comes to the throne uh, there's worshiping and there's good things going on. The temple is completed. Uh, there's great wealth. You remember the Queen of Sheba coming and saying, The half has not been told. And then suddenly in the midst of all of that blessing comes Solomon's great failure, his immorality and then his idolatry. It seems that he failed to learn the lesson from his own father. But many times defeat follows victory. And that's why we must constantly be on guard. It's, it's a strange uh, deterioration. In, in chapter 3, the Bible says that Solomon loved the Lord. Oh, I wish we could say the story ended there. But when you come to chapter 11, the Bible says Solomon loved many strange women. May I ask you, who do you love today? You see, who you love, that's who you live for. What do you love the most? Solomon moves from being really consecrated and given to God to being given to so many false gods. And so because of that, when you come to the second half of this book, it is not a united kingdom that you find. It is a very divided kingdom. 
As a matter of fact, chapters 12 through 22 detail for us this divided kingdom, the northern kingdom known as Israel and the southern kingdom known as Judah. Uh, different leaders, different capitals. It's really a tragedy. How does that happen? Friend, could I remind you that sin always brings division? It always brings division. When we disobey God, it disrupts our fellowship with God. And it not only disrupts our fellowship with God, it disrupts our families. It disrupts our fellowship. It changes everything. Look at these two very different pictures. In the opening chapters of the book, there's tranquility. But in the closing chapters of the book, there's turmoil. In the opening chapters, there's a kingdom united, a family united. But in the closing chapters, there's a family divided. What happened? Well, some people will tell you that it's the fault of a man named Rehoboam. That was Solomon's son. And truly, Rehoboam was not a wise man. He threatened even more severe taxation. Uh, he caused a revolt of ten tribes against his kingdom. I mean, he did some very foolish things. He listened to young men instead of older men. It's a sad story. But I don't believe the fault is with Rehoboam. Others would say that it was Jeroboam, the man who actually led the revolt. I believe God pins the blame on Solomon. He didn't force the division, but his sin caused it. It was a direct consequence of his own idolatry. You see, one man's disobedience brought about the disruption of an entire nation. And by the way, that's not just the story of Solomon. It's the story of so many people. I hope it's not your story, and I hope it's not my story. I'm thinking now of Achan. Do you remember Achan's whole family died? The entire nation suffered because of one man's sin? You remember Nathan came to David on one occasion after his sin and said, Thou art the man? Well, I believe when you read 1 Kings, it's as if the Holy Spirit points to Solomon and says, You were wise and you were wealthy. You had it all, but you blew it. Thou art the man. You see, it's not royalty that brings God's blessing it's relationship. You can be a king, but if you're not right with the king of heaven, friend, nothing's going to be right. When you obey God, God blesses you. When you disobey, God curses you. Do you want the blessing today or do you want judgment? I don't know about you. I want the blessing. How do you get the blessing? You get the blessing by living and walking in constant obedience to the Lord. You know, Jewish tradition holds the author of 1 Kings to be the weeping prophet Jeremiah. I don't know all the answers to that. And one thing I've learned in Bible study is not to be adamant about something that God is not clear on. But certainly the weeping prophet had much to weep over if he indeed recorded this history of God's people from the height of their splendor to the depth of their sin. Surely there was much brokenness and many tears as he recorded this united kingdom becoming divided. And may I say to you, there's nothing more tragic than to see a heart divided by sin. And there's nothing more tragic than to see a home divided by sin. So what is the spiritual message? What's the lasting message for all of us from the book of 1 Kings? You see, it's easy to read a book like 1 Kings and just get facts. But God never gives facts just to give facts. Knowledge puffeth up. No, He's giving wisdom. He's giving truths. What is the great truth of 1 Kings? He's teaching us that we must choose either wisdom or folly. That we must choose it for our own heart and for our own home. And friend, I want to say to you today, choose very carefully. Because it's not just you. It's your children. It's your grandchildren. 
And then it's not even just your family. It's God's family. It's a bigger picture. And then it's not even just where you live. It's your whole nation. It's a generation. I'm standing now in my mind on the side of my grandfather's pond there on the farm in West Virginia, tossing a rock into the middle of it and watching the the ripples, counting the ripples uh, that would go out before they hit the bank and the shoreline. Can I tell you that there is a ripple effect to sin? And that so many times when we disobey God and fail to honor Him, we set things in motion that we would never have intended and never have desired. Friend, you can choose your sin, but you can't choose all the consequences. And so today when you're choosing, choose carefully. Choose wisdom over folly in both your heart and in your own home. Friend, did you know that the purpose of the Bible is not to know the Bible, the facts, the people, the places, but instead the purpose of the Bible is to know God. Do you know Him? Do you know that God has already done everything necessary for you to know Him? Jesus Christ, God's Son, died on the cross and rose again from the dead to pay for your sin debt. It is our prayer that you will trust Jesus today. If you'd like additional help in your Christian life, be sure to visit our website, scottpauley.org. Among the many resources we have available, we're excited to make available to you a Journey Through Scripture daily Bible reading plan. This will be a tremendous help in our current study. Until next time, may God help you to enjoy the journey.